You're listening to The Kylo Show, the podcast where we talk about how to keep your love on no matter what and why whole healthy families are going to save the world. And it starts right now. Well, hello and welcome to The Kylo Show. We are a band of brothers here today. Come on. We have uh, Ben Serple. He'll be... Hello. He'll be playing first and... <laughs> Shortstop today is Christian. Yeah, shortstop. Yeah, got you covered. We got Christian Thank Zamora you. back. He is. Uh, I wish I knew. Catch. I wish I understood baseball better. That's uh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> who knows how many of our audience didn't? Yeah, understand the guy in the middle. But um, we today are going to continue in this series of talking about men, fatherhood, brotherhood. Um, what makes this so? unique and necessary what uh what does success look like uh we how do we build a a band of brothers in a culture of selfishness and or broken covenants like how do we how do we restore the momentum of a masculine energy around protection and provision and and connection, keeping your love on. How? What do we got to do, guys? What? How are we going to get this back? Because uh, it's not, it's not the norm. It's not celebrated. It's not even rewarded. Really, it's almost like you have to uh, think antisocial these days yeah. Yeah. to want to be a good husband and father as a man. Yeah, I was going to, when you were saying, how do we do this? The first thing for me in this journey was realizing that we had to do it, that that was the problem. Mm -hmm. Like the void was there or the desire, let's say the desire to be a great father, um, a great husband. Um, But the places where I was falling short and the things that I needed in that, you know, when we start having these conversations and hanging around, you know, you and Ben and other men, what you start realizing is like, oh, the, the problem is this. And I see that in my own life, but then as someone who wants this uh, a more hopeful future for their kids, mm-hmm. you're like, well, how do we solve this problem on a global thing? Mm-hmm. But you know, I, my eyes had to be open to fatherlessness and brotherlessness was an epidemic, mm-hmm. and how much of it was really a root cause. So when you made that shift of like, here's the problem, well, guys like solving problems. Mm-hmm. So you get a guy motivated, going, okay, then that question follows up with, well, what do I do? Because that was my first question to you after like, I drank the Kool-Aid. This mm. is a problem. What do we, I want to do something. Mm. Put me to work. How do we do this thing? Yeah. I, I think one of the first things I think about, just to have, this conversation is happening for us more and more. Mm-hmm. Like I, I find myself three out of four conversations with men is something around this topic because it's just exciting and it feels so important that we're, we're doing this. And, and I think there's this, this, un, this current underneath the noise, and the noise is that we are trying to shut down fathers. We are trying to disassemble the family. There's just all this stuff going on that, 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 that is getting the airtime. Beneath that really is a bunch of men waiting for a champion to say, go do the thing that's in your heart. Mm-hmm. And that thing you are passionate about, you just haven't had permission or even know how to do it. You just need, need, need a guide or a champion to help you. Because mm-hmm. I've had so many conversations with men that are like, I've been waiting for someone to just remind me what, what's inside there. Because mm-hmm. this is who I want to be. Mm-hmm. But but there's this this gap between who I want to be, where I want to go, and where I currently am. We've all read a bunch of Stephen Mansfield's mm-hmm. books. You yep. know, love that guy's input. Hope so to get helpful. him involved in what we're doing. Yep. Uh, 
he wrote a, a book called The Book of Manly Men, you know. Such a manly great title. Yeah. Mansfield's Book of Manly Men. Yeah. It's it's a, it's it's, it's a hilarious title, really. Yeah. I mean, the first time I heard the word manly, manly men, I'm like, hmm, this is gonna be a weird book. Yeah. Epic. <laughs> so good. Every man should read this book. Yes. And and one of his stories he talks about being welcomed in. I think it was this. It was this. Uh, uh, he was in the, an Arabian culture, and uh, it, it was just his first experience of being identified with a group of brothers. Yeah. Uh, it had to do with he's a father. His he they asked if if uh, he had a son. He said yes. He said from now on, your 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 son's your son's name will be. John's son, son of John, you know, uh, and he was like uh, Stephen. Yeah, it was, uh, it was just this crazy um, initiation yep. to. He felt like I've been with men my whole life. Never one time was I identified as a brother. Yeah, within the context of a whole, celebrated, uh, reminded. Initiated, You're like yeah, that we don't have that. Yeah, yeah, we don't have that. We don't. We have uh, sports. You know, mm-hmm. we have uh, you know maybe maybe a, a work life. You know, mm-hmm. where we go be part of a a, a group of guys, w- people working towards a common goal, like a touchdown or a basket or a home run or. Uh, the bottom line or whatever we ha- we have those kinds of things but to just be associated with other men as a brotherhood i can't think of one thing yeah well it reminded me of that story you know when he's around these guys and he said for the first time he'd been married for decades had kid for decades and you know it's the first time someone initiated me or welcomed me into this manhood ceremony and it was life-altering for me. It reminded me of when I first did my premarital counseling with a man, mm. straight-up man, mm-hmm. Pastor Jay Donnelly. Mm. And this was my wife's pastor. <laughs> my wife's pastor grew up in the same church, you know, all 30 years of her life, you know, that that's where she was. But, um, you know, me and Bree jumped, uh, jumped the gun on God's plan for a family. And, uh, you know, we, we were pregnant and we were on the fast track to getting married. And, mm-hmm. and so um, we had an expedited premarital counseling you know, of like, hey, you're doing sessions once a week. You're actually going to meet twice a week. And I was all in on, let me, y'all meet with your pastor. Like, I've been to your church. It's great. And um, my first session, he's like, all right, Bree's going with Pastor Patty, his wife, and Christian, you're with me. We go into his office, and he sits me down and looks, like, kneecap to kneecap, looks right in my eyes, gets really close, and said, Christian, do you know what it means to be a man? Hmm. And something moved, you know, because I was like, <laughs> I never th- asked that question in my head, but I've really been asking it my entire <laughs> life. Feels like the, I could have a wrong answer. <laughs> yeah, I told him. It's like, yeah, uh, you know, I'm stunned and I, I'm speechless because I really don't know how to respond to it. Yeah. And he, I'll never forget, he goes, I'm, it's saying you're sorry first, even when you don't feel like it. And then he just starts going into how I'm supposed to protect mm. and pour my life out for my wife and lay my life down for her daily and what that looks like. Because that model I had for manhood was that boyhood model that I, I made an agreement with myself at 12 years old, yeah. you know, watching my parents struggle of, oh, my dad feels a little absent. They're always fighting about money. 
all I ever want to be is a husband and father. Like if you ask me what I want to be when I grew up, yeah. I want to be a husband and father. Yeah. So it's like if that's my goal and these feel like the problems, I twelve year old Christian says. I'm gonna make a bunch of money, mm-hmm. a lot of money. So we're never gonna fight about money. I'm gonna make all the decisions in my marriage. I don't have to, have to worry about anything. <laughs> yeah. She's probably not gonna have a say, you know. I was, yeah. She's not gonna want to say. I'm yeah, just gonna make all gonna these. Go great. This is gonna, you know, yeah, totally twelve year olds. Like, yeah. Oh, she's gonna love this. <laughs> she's gonna love it. We'll never fight. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah totally. I won't even it, let her in on it. When I'm gonna chance to fight. Yeah. I'm married ten years now, and, and I, 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 I always say I text Jay, Pastor Jay, randomly. And to say the same thing, thanks for saving my marriage before mm, it started, man. Yeah. You spent That's great. six sessions with me, and and it marked me forever. But there was that initiation of, you're a man now, you're getting married, you're having a kid, yeah. like, man up, man, and this is what it looks like. You better know what it looks like. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this this story in this book, and, and I, I, I love Stephen Mansfield's work. It's mm-hmm. been so helpful in so many yeah. ways, but th- this story felt like I was watching a movie, and there's this plot twist. Like mm-hmm. I didn't expect that to happen. He's, he's 40 years old in the story, and they spent hours till till the middle of the morning, early 3 a.m. or something. He said they just spent and they just bring food after food, and they have this ceremony where they're initiating this man in the middle of the desert somewhere in wherever Damascus, I think it was. And but it just it a 40 year old man saying I I just got initiated into manhood mm-hmm. did something to me. I was like, oh wow. How many other men, and even myself, looking at myself in the mirror, going, "Have I been initiated?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm totally. not forty yet, and am I there? Mm-hmm. And and then and then you you turn to your your kids and and having sons, thinking, "Wow, I I have a I have the most important job in front of me right here." Mm-hmm. And and then we picked up a book by John Tyson. Um, mm. Great title. What's the title again? The Intentional Father. Intentional Father, yeah. like something Father. So good. Really good book as well, which mm-hmm. actually gives a blueprint. Of, of what he's describing yeah. so we can catch this thing early so it's just such an important piece mm-hmm. and uh it, it it did something to me mm-hmm. i've told this story 20 times since that book yeah i you know i do i do think that um the various markers in a in a boy's life is when he's ready to take on more responsibility mm-hmm. more responsibility more responsibility like uh like when a when a young young man or a boy gets a job mm-hmm. outside the home. You're like, oh, I've now been welcomed into men who work yep. for a pay, you know? And then uh, maybe maybe graduated from high school or, you know, hitting that mark where I I achieved accomplishing something that's now behind me, like, yeah. like, like men do. Yeah. Uh, I am getting married. Mm-hmm. I've now entered the role of husband. You know, whether I know what that is, I've entered it. Yeah. You know, whether I do a good job with it or not, nonetheless, you're in here. You look around at other men and you go, I feel the same thing. <laughs> you feel, you know, whatever, you know, you're just like commiserating yeah. or celebrating how, whatever that culture is that you move into, uh, when you become a father, you know, mm-hmm. when you buy a house, when you <clears throat> move your family from around your support system to, having to build a new life and and do it again what, what there's all these different markers at, in a in a young man's life that he further associates with other men saying i've done that yeah i've done that there's a directness to it i think that's super helpful like you said there's a you know an event 
or even mm-hmm. like in the story we've been sharing is like the men told him, hey, you're doing this very specific thing. It's a ceremony. And mm-hmm. this is the purpose. You were being entered into manhood now. We are celebrating the fact that you're a father and mm-hmm. it parties till 3 a.m. Or, you know, Pastor Jay telling me, you know, very directly, do you know what it is to be a man? And I, there's this thing that's super helpful with events or really direct speech uh, for men of like, hey, buddy. It's this thing right here. Mm-hmm. It's super simple for you. This is what's happening. Mm-hmm. That really snaps, you know, the attention of a man to go, okay, I can focus on that right mm-hmm. now. I get what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. I, I remember a, a time where we went to Alaska together. You know, ben, <laughs> ben and a couple of other guys, we get up there. Every time I go to Alaska is shocking. Yeah, I mean, we've all been to Alaska together. We've all, you know, done these adventures. I remember... Uh, in our language, maybe, I don't even know if it's, uh, I'm not sure where we I could derive the origins of this, but um, we have this phrase called punching your man card. I'm not even <laughs> sure where that comes from. It's probably some TV show or something, yeah. but uh, it, it it happened in Alaska. You know, we, we, were, we were on Kodiak <laughs> Island. Um, it was Ben's first outing really first everything with, with a gun you <laughs> yep. know he's got a gun in his hand we're out uh, on this this huge swath of land called kodiak island where they literally make kodiak bears yep. you know and uh build a bear <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think that's what it is that's build bears yeah that's that's the yeah. real build a bear yeah. out there build a bear yeah. is is happening <laughs> right there in that place and uh it was i was so Epic and unexpected that you, you know, I don't know if we have time to tell the whole story, but, you know, in essence, kind of lead, lead us through it, Ben. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we end up in Alaska and we get paired up. So essentially the guys not from Alaska, there's three of us, are paired with someone from Alaska, there's three of them. So I end up with Craig. Now, Craig has become one of my heroes, mm-hmm. will be till, till I die. Yep. And there's lots of reasons for that. I think every time I go to Alaska... If I'm close enough to Craig, I'm close enough to death, and he saves me from it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. how it feels. He'll take you there and <laughs> save you from it. Yeah. See the line? Yeah. You're okay. Yeah. So, again, to, to make what could be a really long story, this could yeah. be a whole episode one day. Yeah. We'll make it short. Uh, we On the second day, we end up I've, – I've already shot my first deer. I'm yeah. now like, oh, yep. my gosh. This card is punched. amazing. Card, yeah, card punch. Yep. We end up in this different spot. We're kind of watching the land. There's one bear not very far away. I've now seen a couple of bears on the shore. We didn't get off there. We, we, we end up kind of in this area, just looking at the land, glossing, as they say, in, in the hunting land. Looking right. through binoculars. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of cool now. I got, I got some terms. Mm-hmm. So we're watching this scene, and, and then Craig gets frustrated because he notices this bear. Now I say frustrated because this is Craig's normal life. Yeah. This is my first time. He's frustrated with this bear just staring at us. Which somehow he knows is not a good thing. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I'm just following your lead, sir. Yeah. You tell me what to do. So this bear is about 500 yards away through through some events and through Craig trying to deter the bear, trying to get it to stop staring at us because I don't want to be your focus. Yeah. This large Kodiak brown bear decides, hey, I'm done watching. And it starts charging down the mountain. And again, this is my first time in Alaska. Yeah. I've just met Craig. This is this strange man that I'm falling in love with because you're going to save my life today. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this thing's charging down the mountain, gets to 100 yards away. Craig's, Craig has now let off three rounds in his gun. Mm-hmm. And the bear did not deter. 
Yeah. It did not change course. Warning shots, warning yep. shots, warning shots. Nothing. That thing is just... 100 yards, stands up and looks at us Yeah. and decides, I'm going to get closer. So keeps charging. Craig now lets off his last round in his gun. Yeah. Craig's the expert, remember? And uh, this bear gets to 20 yards away. Yeah. Now, if you don't know what that means, that's too close. Yeah, yeah, it's too close. <laughs> too yeah. close. So I can now see the bear's eye color as it stands up again and looks at us. Yeah. And I've probably said three times, while my legs are literally shaking. Yeah. My legs are shaking. I t- turn to Craig one more time and say, do I shoot now? Yeah. What are we doing, man? <laughs> and he says, yes. And uh, it charges again. Sure enough, I pull the trigger and it, it rears this bear up in pain. And when it turns around, Craig lets, lets a shot out like he was ready right, right on time. And we dropped the bear. Yeah. And 10 yards out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, just the, the feelings happening inside my body. Yeah. What is going on right now? Where are we? Craig says, we should go check on the bear. I'm thinking that is the stupidest idea I I've ever heard. Movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw this movie. I saw this movie. I saw this movie. Wounded bear eats 200. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At the same time, I'm thinking, I trust this man with my life after yeah. what just happened. Sure. I'm alive. Yeah. So whatever you say, I'm going to follow even reluctantly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Get back to the boat. We kind of had this moment. I, I tried to film a video on the boat to kind of describe what just happened. I, I turned the video on and didn't know what to say. So yeah, I turned yeah. it off. So I had this yeah, like yeah. two second video on my phone. Yeah. And then, you know, whole thing transpires. You'll hear the story if, if you keep following us. But mm-hmm. my goodness. Yeah. And wow. within, Crazy. you know, within a couple hours of, of <laughs> all that, one of the rods on the back of the boat starts bouncing, right? And... Ben runs out there, grabs it, starts reeling, and pretty soon we have a 40-pound halibut on the back of the boat. So in 24 hours, Ben's first 24 hours, (laughs) he kills his first buck, kills a charging grizzly, and lands a 40-pound halibut. Man card punched three times in 24 hours. I'm not even sure, you know, how you've topped that. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it it is definitely part of... Alaska lore at this point. Yeah. But that was a time of induction. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, because what what surrounded that movement was a bunch of men that began to feel the Lord's presence together, the bond that came in that vulnerability, the 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 tenderness towards each other to speak life to a man who was rocked to mm-hmm. his core yep. in that in that episode and each man rocked with him knowing that the lord is talking to you yes. the lord is shaping you uh the there is a a door that is opened to you in yeah. this space and we are here with you sharing it yeah you know so there was a ignition of brotherhood in an episode like that, that I think, you know, collectively makes you a part of something greater than yourself. Reminds me of something you, you taught me too, with the, going back to creating healthy soul ties with like, you know, this band of brothers. That mm-hmm. you know, it's an it's a formula mm-hmm. which is vulnerability and time spent. Yeah. And I don't know how much more vulnerable of like I'm about to die, yeah, yeah, <laughs> ten, yeah, ten yeah, yards yeah, from death, yeah. and my life is in your hands, Craig. Um, I trust you completely, and boom, boom, you know. Yeah, spend some time out there. I, I think I peed a little. Yeah, yeah. A, and you heard it in Ben's voice, just talking about Craig, the the admiration, the affection, oh, yeah. the the bond, Absolutely. and and, it, and it's been more than just that experience, but yeah. this idea of like, oh, that's totally how it works. You know, this brotherhood of vulnerability and time spent. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's it, it's that vulnerability and any different word it even uses weakness. Sure. I think one of the ways that I've discovered the level of courage inside of me mm-hmm. is when I get that weak in front of other men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Again, every time I go to Alaska, I get that weak. But <laughs> that, that's just different different opportunities. Even talking to my wife, mm-hmm. you know, talking to my children when they're mad. Like it, it requires me to go touch that weakness yeah. and then go past that and, and grab the courage. Yeah. So that reminds me of another Mansfield book. It's, I mean, it's a table read. It's tiny, but it's yep. so good. It's Band of Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he has a formula yeah, you know, yeah. for, for building a Band of Brothers and going to that vulnerability piece and the weakness. It's, you know, the five steps would be one is indirect connection. Like men do things together shoulder to shoulder. Yep. He yeah. talked about a little story like, you know, they, you know, they watch little girls in the room and they play together. They sit their chairs facing each other and they talk and they say, you, you look so pretty or you're dressed so nice. <laughs> they put boys in room together. They put their chairs side by side and they say like, let's go build something to touch the roof or I bet you we can yeah. jump off that thing. I'll like, race you. I'll race you yeah. there, you know? <laughs> so, you know, there's hunting, right? Like let's go hunting, this indirect connection, this thing that we'll do together. But then the next, you know, part of that is um, the honor extension where one man talks to another man and says, hey, there's something in your life that I actually really I, I admire and appreciate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that the next step is really quickly and that's the, the covenant transition of that's that, in my weakness or my humility, I'm going to reach out and say, I, I honor that so much that will you actually help me with that? Yeah. And then, you know, the person says, yeah, they jump in, they start doing life together and it creates, you know, that fourth step, which is that free fire zone, which is trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm able to say to you, whatever, hold, whatever I need to say to you, hold me accountable. Hold me accountable. Yeah. It's that, you know, um, I'm going to, I'm going to call you out and call you up. Mm-hmm. Like when you're being a knucklehead, I, I'm going to call you out on it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you the truth and love, and I'm going to call you up and remember, remind you of the standard that we've agreed upon. Mm-hmm. And the last part, you know, when I read that, I stopped at four. Mm-hmm. I've been rereading it, and I forgot that that fifth step is contagious culture because we're talking about mm-hmm. how do we start getting this to take root. And what happens is, you know, when you do that for long enough, men are transformed and it bears fruit mm-hmm. and people and other men or people around them going, what are you doing over mm-hmm. there? Because you're a different guy. Yeah. And it's like, well, I got a band of brothers and they're, they're, they're calling me to something greater and I'm doing the same for them. Yeah. yeah. I think other cultures, you know, the Arabian culture, maybe a, a, an Asian culture, the, the, the word that they, uh, they get, negatively stuck with is a, a shame-based culture, mm. you know. But what, what's missing there is the understanding of, of healthy shame. Like there is this thing that happens when we achieve that contagious culture. What, that, what that's saying, in essence, is uh, other men begin to emulate what they see mm-hmm. In in what in those relationships, they be they're drawn into it, and as a result, I I voluntarily submit myself to what you guys are doing. Yeah, and once those relationships start to bond and and adhere, the value starts going up because I don't want to lose this. Yeah. So how do I pick up on? that I violated mm-hmm. the culture. And it's because I'll get a look. I'll get, I'll get teased. You know, I'll, somebody will shoot a question at me, like, how's that working out for you? Which is another way of saying, hey, knucklehead, <laughs> adjust yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you better, 
uh, you better uh, what's it going? You better check, check yourself <laughs> before you wreck before yourself. You wreck yourself, <laughs> you know. And uh, that all all those kinds of um, you know uh, messages to each other, be, you begin to like realize, ah, oh, I'm on the wrong side of the line because my brother said something to me. Yeah. Because somebody who cares about my future, my family, my marriage, they care about the quality yeah. of of how people experience me. They they, they want to call me up. You know, mm-hmm. that is is healthy shame when, you know, in, in a home when a, a, a mother kind of gives you a quick look like, what did you say? Uh, <laughs> oh, hail. Oh, hail. <laughs> like rain, like snow. Like, 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 like that's rain. Rain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what did you say? Pow, you get a look. Oh, I'm adjusting. I'm adjusting. I'm adjusting. That's healthy shame. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the preservation of that, when when there is an established culture, four people will look at you. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. I won't. I won't be. I won't be. Uh, yep. Adjusting. Yeah. I, I will, and I'll protect us. Yeah. Through my adjustment. So good. It's good. We're we're talking a lot today about Mansfield because he really has influenced us a lot, but. In, in the Band of Brothers book, he tells a different story about this Band of Brothers. And one of the guys starts acting outside of the culture. Mm-hmm. And he makes some really poor choices in his marriage and moves to a holiday home he had or a vacation house. And mm-hmm. so the, these Band of Brothers get up and they actually fly to this location. Mm-hmm. I think it says they knocked down his door and they mm-hmm. came in and they essentially said, hey, knucklehead, yeah, yeah. knock it off. Yeah. You this is, you're acting outside of the culture. This is not okay. Yeah. And it's just that, I mean, I, I had a conversation with went. One of the guys in my band of brothers just this last week just saying the same thing. Like this is what we're creating. Yeah. This is where we're going. Yeah. That that men are, are held to the to, to their best. Mm-hmm. That's good. So good. So good. Well, we're going to talk about this stuff for a while. You know, we're we're, we're going <laughs> to just we're get gonna us excited. Find, we're going to find some powerful ways to keep doing this. Uh, right now, though, it's time for us to uh, switch over to some questions from our audience. So let's take a break. Let's do it. We want to tell you a truly inspirational story. In 1997, starting with nothing but their faith, Steve and Kathy Horner sold everything and moved from Weaverville, California to Tijuana, embarking on a journey to create an orphanage. Since then, over 5,000 children have been rescued, loved, and restored through the mission's radical faith-based approach. And now, over 30 years later, Jimmy and Gina Horner, their children, are continuing to fight, believing that the church can create an orphanless world. They are transforming nations one child at a time, and you can be a part of this incredible mission by joining the mission's sponsor program. For just $30 a month donation, This directly helps the children's needs and allowing the mission to create an extended community of care around these kids. By joining the sponsorship program, you'll receive a monthly newsletter, which I love to get, and updates on the kids that you're sponsoring. And these kids that you're sponsoring come from all over the world, Mexico, Romania, and Nicaragua. I mean, they're providing services like orphan care, after-school programs. They are doing all sorts of amazing things to help better these children. We are believing with them that within our lifetime, an orphanless world is possible. 
And every contribution brings us closer to that reality. Your generosity can change lives and transform nations. It's as easy as visiting this website, www.themission.org forward slash sponsor. This is how you become a sponsor for a child today. Just remember, we are partnering with The Mission and helping create whole healthy people that create whole healthy families. All right, well, welcome back. And uh, we're going to enter the, the question segment of our show. And if you have any questions, you'd like to uh, hear your hear the responses to questions you have about any topic, really, just DM us, uh, Danny at Loving on Purpose or uh, Brittany Sur- at, at Brittany Circle with two L's. And Brittany, like not Brittany, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> two T's and an N-E-Y. Um, we're going to hit a question here. Uh, there's so much being said about toxic masculinity in society. I find it hard to know what the de- definition of masculinity is. How should you define healthy masculinity? What are some positive developments in men's movements, and what are some not so positive? Hmm. We said this earlier in the very beginning. I think you said it in your last episode too, but men are meant to provide, protect, and connect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, we we have something called family coaching, Loving on Purpose. So Britain, I meet with lots of people. And a common thing I do is meet with men. And I just, I have a couple of guys right now I'm talking to. And we keep, when we get to the root and the bottom of it, the conversation really becomes your selfishness is on, on display mm-hmm. and is ruling your house. So until that gets solved, there's just this mess being created. Mm-hmm. You, your wife's in pain, your kids are disconnected, mm-hmm. and, and you have to go solve that problem mm-hmm. and, and become, become the man who is protecting, connecting, and providing. Mm-hmm. So I, I think just, just that simple test right there, mm-hmm. we have to define those things, and I'm sure we will as we keep moving forward, but that's a, that's a huge piece. Mm-hmm. I, I think a good way to check this is if you have really good friends that are idiots to their family um you're an idiot probably yeah if you have really good friends that are doing a great job with their families Mm -hmm. you probably are too that's true you know if you surround yourself with yourself Mm -hmm. the destructive nature of masculinity has a lot to do with with a man using his power to consume yeah yeah to exploit and that is damaging that is uh nobody can stop um uh, you know women and children cannot stop men from doing that true you know they'll they will band together but unfortunately classically it's as victims mm-hmm. which then they in turn justify being disrespectful and dishonoring and then setting the children up to be fatherless mm-hmm. to have no uh understanding of a, a young boy grabbing onto his masculinity and doing a good job with it. Yeah. Instead, it becomes super confusing to a young man, a young boy, and he grabs onto what is really feminine energy mm-hmm. and tries to make feminine en- energy masculine, like, which is super confusing. Yeah. And as a, as a, a, a yeah, I was one of those guys. Sure. You know, I was like, okay, I gotta, 
figure out how to not be the all-consuming move from woman to woman to woman to woman, but be kind about it. You know, be uh, thoughtful about it. Be feminine in trashing as many women's lives as I can. Mm-hmm. You know, bring flowers. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's an art to it, you know, this you know, balancing this, um, these gifts, you know, of being powerful and aggressive and, and, and it's good and it's a beautiful thing, um, but still being yeah. a lover and a tender of the garden and, mm-hmm. and, and, and winning your wife's heart. And, you know, there's a, a word you say that really struck me because they feel opposite, but they're the same. And it's, it's being a fearless lover. Mm-hmm. You know, this, there's this idea of like that when you hear the fearless, there's this of powerful super you know hero type of like oh my gosh, take the mountain, I'm fearless man, all that is man, mm-hmm. but the but fearless lover that I'm I'm tender and I'm kind mm-hmm. and I know how to direct that strength mm-hmm. yeah. towards protecting and providing and connecting. Mm-hmm. But it, it also goes back to what you're saying of like you know toxic masculinity is what's being reproduced because that's who's doing the training. Mm-hmm. And this really what we're doing and talking about this is a call back to to fathers and brothers and just men in general to mm-hmm. say it's okay to be masculine. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's a great necessary. thing. It's necessary. Yeah. And um the reason the question's asked, it's a reminder of, you know, this pe- more than ever, people are asking that question because they don't know the answer. And, you know, we got this yeah. question sent in, but there's mm-hmm. men, like like uh, I shared earlier in the podcast, I had a guy ask me, do you know what it means to be a man? And as a 23-year-old guy about to get married and have a kid, I didn't have a great answer of what is that? Because yeah. no one was training me up in that. Yeah. And that's why you need to... Find a father figure. It's yeah. why you need to get a band of brothers around you. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, surround yourself with people who are doing that thing that you want to be great at and just start paying attention. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember not too long ago, uh, Saturday morning, I hear Brit, uh, Sherry from the living room, Daddy! You know, I'm like, oh, that sounds like something broke. You know, that sounds like something. Danny, so I'm getting dressed. I'm like, okay, here I come. And she's out there. And when I get out there, she said, there's a gopher in the house. And I'm thinking, a gopher ate through the bottom of our house. <laughs> and he's, he's like, what? How in the And <laughs> she's it's like, Lincoln. And a Lincoln, who's 11, has a red Solo cup. And rubber gloves, you know, and he's standing there. Rubber gloves are, you know, <laughs> right down his hands, and, and uh, he's got this solo cup. And I'm like, what is going on? He says, I got it. And earlier, Sherry says, I was looking around. This gopher is running on the hardwood floor, can't get any traction. You know, we're, we're, we're all, all three girls are screaming like, ah. And, and Sherry says, I'm thinking, where are the men folk? Where are the men folk? We need protection, you know. And that's no one says men folk anymore. Lincoln, Lincoln, uh, you know, he on the scene, eleven on, years buddy. old. He comes come and on. saves the day. Yeah, you know, minimizes the threat. So I go get my leather work gloves, and I said, "Okay, buddy, release." This is the moment. The raptor, you know, <laughs> and he lifts it up, and there's this gopher, and I scoop him up, and that gopher is just chomping on my leather glove. I'm thinking, wow, if he gets a 
hold of my skin in there. It's going to hurt. So I take it outside, save the day. But masculinity is that protection that so swoops yeah. in, swoops in when you call the National Guard. There's a, there's a, ah, we need strength added for there to be safety. Peace. That's massive. So good. So it, good. I'm going to brag on my boy a little bit too, because it feels like the, what we were saying earlier, this contrast of, you know, saving the day, but what it looks like to protect. Um, you know, we recently went through, we have two boys or three boys now, but, you know, we recently went through a miscarriage before the third one came. And, you know, so this, this last pregnancy was, was rough. It was mm-hmm. pretty tough and pretty scary. And, you know, watch my wife kind of fight through that and uh, looking for peace and, there was a time where you know she was just in the in the uh, kitchen and she just was t- got some not so fun news and was kind of feeling not so great about the pregnancy and then she just you know burst into tears mm. and before I could leave the couch, my eight year old son was beat me to it. Mm. He was closer. He ran up to his mom, he put his hand on her and he started praying. For her. Mm. He said it's gonna be okay mm. and he started declaring truth and. I'm about to cry again. But I, I was crying then, and you know, I, 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 uh, I talked to him afterwards and said, "Son, I've watched you score 30 points in a basketball game, score hundreds of touchdowns, Come on, man. and do some really cool things. But I've never been more proud of you because what we're affirming is that's what men do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's the way you're gonna. It's the way you're loving your mama. It's the way you're gonna be loving your wife. Mm-hmm. We we know how to go find strength. Oh yeah, and and the greatest strength we can find is in in the greatest father we have. Mm-hmm. Come on, yeah, that's so good, Christian. I, Christian's last comment he made, made a few minutes ago got me thinking about this next question. I, mm-hmm. I would like to hear the answers at this table. Um, but it, it says this. It says, I would love to see more, more groups for men like there are for women in the church. I haven't been able to find a men's group around me. Where do I find one? Or how would you start something like this for men? Mm-hmm. Do it. Just do something. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, find it right on the other side of starting. It. I had the same same thought, guys. Mm-hmm. Look at yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Tabani used to say, "It was people." Let's 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 insert the word men. Men who do something. The difference between men who do something and men who don't do something mm-hmm. is men who do something mm-hmm. do something. <laughs> do it. Just do it, man. It's powerful. Uh, I think that uh, again, taking responsibility is is creating a room. On the on the other side of it's awesome where you are, you know. So if you want to level up, take more responsibility. Yeah, uh, and the thing that keeps a, a boy a boy is the fear of being more responsible. Yep. You know, you just you 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 stay back. You avoid responsibility. The thing that demotes a man. Mm towards being a little boy is avoiding the next room of responsibility in your life. Which is part of the culture of, you know, we talk about how can I life hack this or how do I get to a place where I have, you know, passive income coming in and I'm on the beach and I'm not doing any work. And there's this thing about like, hey, I get it. It's attractive or whatever. Like, hey, I hope you do well financially too. But the goal, like as you're saying, is not being void of responsibility and not working. Your best life is on the backside of responsibility, like you're saying. So, you know, starting a men's group, you know, I, I got asked a few years ago to start a, a, 
a men's volunteer program at my boys' school yeah. because there was a lack of guys present, and I was the only guy showing up for things. They're like, hey, why don't you do something? I did not want to do it. <laughs> yeah. I did not need another thing to do. Sure. But I am a 2-3. Yeah, the three-wing yeah. was pretty strong, so I was like, you know, I, could, I bet you I could do this. I can squeeze this. Yeah. yeah. So we uh, we do this thing. And <laughs> I'll, I'll do it two in the morning in my spare time. And uh, it, it was. It was a ton of work, and it was a fight. I mean, right away, yeah. I had a guy come. And the very first day, I'm getting people signed up or getting excited. And the very first day, a guy comes and goes, what a, why can't moms be a part of the group? My boys go to a public school. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is this conversation's on the table. Like, I can't run the program. I like, I'd like to run the program. And I said, because there's lots of other things for moms to get involved in. And we have a pretty underrepresented group here of mm-hmm. fathers volunteering. So yeah. it's about getting guys to volunteer. So mm-hmm. it's why women awesome. haven't been, we haven't been telling women about it. I mean, mm-hmm. And so that turned into a whole fight with the principal and the district. So as I'm trying to build this thing, I got this other guy trying to tear it down, Mm -hmm. which was no fun. Um, Flash forward, um, this group is still going. It's in its second year. Mm. Um, uh, There was a guys who rose up around me, and there's one in particular. He's just a stud. I mean, he's got – I don't know where he gets all this time to volunteer. I mean, the dude's at everything. (laughs) He's doing a great job with his family. And he just – and we were talking through, and I said, hey, Matt, I think you should lead it going forward because people are responding really well to you. And and, uh, we're sitting down at the table. I was, you know, having all these meetings at breweries. You know, that's how I get dads to show up. Mm -hmm. And we're sharing a beer and just talking about – and all these dads have so many great ideas for what they want to do. And here comes that dad that was giving me a hard time. You know, this is my last kind of meeting as the leader, you know. And he sat down and said, hey, I want to show up because I want to be a guy just making a, a, a ruckus and not showing up. And he looks over and points at me. He's like, but I don't like that you're a Christian. I don't like that you're affiliated with Danny Silk and Bethel Church. And, <laughs> I, you know, he starts ripping me one. And i just smiling at him, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, I think this should be a all-inclusive thing. And all I didn't say one word. Every single guy around there, who majority of them are not Christians, mm-hmm. really tactfully and really great, basically get to this guy and say, hey, this is better when it's guys. Mm-hmm. This is where we're showing up. It's why I'm here, mm-hmm. and we're bringing a bunch of strength to the school. Let's not mess this up. Mm-hmm. Would it be okay with you if we just kept it guys? His response was, yeah, it's totally okay. In fact... I haven't had a group of guys to hang out with oh my it forever. Mm. This has been so life-giving to me. <laughs> I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. You're not a answer. professional complainer. <laughs> so like, all right. But, you know, it's still happening. It's growing. And uh, so good. It, it's because we did something. And there's a bunch of guys. You know, would be that first guy, and then Matt was the first follower, and then it turned into this explosion. And he's he's a leader now, and I'm following him, and he's kicking butt. Yeah. Cool. I feel famous all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, a, yeah. that's wow. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Somebody in Elk Grove knows who I am. Well, it's awesome. it's because I used my loving on purpose email to email the whole school. Okay, on, on purpose leaked loving on purpose. Yeah, on leaked. purpose. Like, oh, if you end up on our website, like, I don't know. <laughs> this could help <laughs> make you a better father. Yeah. So the place that's waiting for you, you know, that you're waiting to go to, is probably the place that you created. Yeah. 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 I, I I had a conversation recently with a different client. He told me he's turned down a few promotions at work a couple of times. Hmm. He's got all these problems at home with his marriage, with his kids. He is so scared. We're actually talking through his relationship with his own father hmm. and just, just where, that's, where that's been ravished. And uh, as we're progressing, I'm watching this guy go, ah, 
part of the solution is is this for me. It's me taking my responsibility. But he's he's just taken taken that off of his shoulders for so long. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, go take responsibility. Yeah. And let me add to that, um Braveco yes. is a a very, very uh nourishing environment. It's an online community of guys. They do events. Jay Valentin's doing a fantastic job. Uh, it, it, it it's it's really about addressing a man's heart and soul, and getting men uh, healed and strengthened from yeah. the inside out. Uh, it, it's at the same time a way to build a band of brothers. Yeah. Um, oh, that a small group and. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just you know he's doing such a great job there. So that's another way to really dive in pretty aggressively on yeah. <laughs> who am I, why am I, yeah. uh, and uh, why do you keep talking to me so directly? You know, so you you may need uh, some some labels, you know, before <laughs> you can step it's out. True. You know, maybe that's, that's maybe that's what's waiting for you is you just need a uh, a commissioning in, in yeah. some ways to where you you take responsibility for yourself yep. uh, deep enough that you can then go into the next room of responsibility for others. Good. It's good. Get healed. Mm-hmm. Ab- absolutely. Good stuff. Um, next question. Do, do you think fatherlessness will be seen as a problem to solve in the next generation as they mature in their leadership? Well, let's hope not. Let's hope we solve it here. You know, mm-hmm. um, I know we got some stuff going on at Loving on Purpose. Uh, you know, I'm writing another book. We've been working for the last going on uh, four years, you know, it'll be four years in September, the Dragon Slayer community. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it, we're going to do our, a whole thing around that, you know, so it, it, uh, I don't want to distract from what we're doing here, but it, it very much is a, a place for men to, to connect with other men, to have a group identity, to, yeah. Uh, to to learn how to enter that next room, how to take responsibility for the next place in your life, uh, to have an, a man say to you, "Do you know what it means to be a man?" To uh, uh, would you lay your life down for a brother? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Do you even know how to do that? Do you know how to stay connected to a man who is being a bonehead, or do you just? Move on. Yeah. Can you make a lifetime covenant? Can you create a brother? You know, your brother, if your brother is a knucklehead, he's still your brother. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and, and that will keep coming back and it will keep coming back. And maybe it takes 10 years before he goes into his next room and takes responsibility for himself. But the day that he does, bam, you're, there's your brother. You know, that's the way this works. And can you do that with other men? Will you commit your life to another man for life? Yeah. I mean, that's that's scary stuff. That's I think, totally I think most <laughs> men are just like, nope, nope. Why would I do that? Why sure. would I give any of my time and energy to somebody that wasn't nourishing me? 
Right. It's like, well, please don't have any children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You are going to about commit you. your life to your children for the rest of your life. Yeah. That's how this works. Can you make a covenant? Yeah. Are you a covenant man? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. When I started gathering, you know, I said, Danny kicked this off and Dragon Slayers is coming. But just, just the point that got me, when I started looking for men to kind of build my own group, mm-hmm. the, the response 100% of the time was something like, I've been waiting for something like this. Mm. I've been looking for this kind of thing. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. So it's just the, the heartbeats out there. Men, we are so excited about this conversation mm-hmm. that, that it's, it's coming out of this, this audience in this area. Yeah, I think it's, we, we know what's in your heart. Mm-hmm. We are championing what's in your heart. Let's do it. Yeah. Super good stuff. Awesome. Well, um, gentlemen, thank you for a great conversation. And uh, listeners, thanks for taking it in. And we'll be marching down the track here with more of the same. Thanks for listening. Never miss an episode of The Kylo Show by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch us on the Loving on Purpose YouTube channel. Don't forget to submit your questions and testimonies to thekyloshow.com. The Kylo Show is produced by Ali Armading, co-produced by Ashley Beck and Anna Hill, sound engineer and edited by Taylor Silk, and show promoter Christian Zamora. Don't forget, whole healthy families, gonna save the world.